come on. Good morning, everyone. It is so great to be with you today. Welcome to church. Can we give it up for the band? Wasn't that awesome time of worship? Man, that's great. Come on, we we love gathering together and 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 worshiping. Um, you know, God just shows up, right? We come in a certain way to church, and we leave changed. This isn't a a, a dead religion where we're you know quiet and home no Nobody, nobody smile and everyone. You know, this is where life change happens because of Jesus Christ. That we are excited and filled with joy because of what God is doing in our lives and through our church. So come on, uh, if you don't know me, my name's Andrew. Uh, if I haven't met you, I'd love to. It's so great to uh, be with you today. I have the uh, pleasure of, of bringing you the word today. Uh, Pastor Ryan, if you guys didn't know, is uh, pretty heavily involved in uh, a mariachi band that is playing right now. And they're on tour in uh, Mexico. And they're actually in a pretty big competition right now. So if they win tonight, they go to finals. And then tomorrow night, I think they get the golden sombrero if they can pull it off. So obviously they're competing with some of the world's best. So we're just rooting for, for them and hoping they win. No, Ryan and Steph and Brian Ezra are in, uh, in Puerto Vallarta. That part's true. They just are taking a much uh, deserved and much needed rest and vacation together as a family. So uh, come on, can we get it up for Ryan and Steph? If you're watching online, we just want to welcome uh, everybody watching online. We love our pastors so much. Uh, and thank you for joining us. If you are on the live stream on the internet, it's great to have you as well. So I'm excited. Come on. Uh, we've been uh, in, a, in a pretty great series uh, to start off the new year. And uh, as part of this, you know, kicking off the new year, just want to give you a quick uh, encouragement for uh, a seven-day prayer and fasting that we're going to do together as a church. So this is uh, starting on January 22nd. It goes for the week. We're going to have prayer and worship here every weekday uh, from noon to one. Um, lunch will not be served. Uh, just so you know, it is a prayer and fasting, so you can choose to push back the plate for lunch, perhaps, uh, and join us in that prayer of fasting. Or, uh, or bring your own bagged lunch, but we ask that you eat that uh, privately uh, as to not make other people feel hungry. Uh, just thinking for myself specifically, but I know there are others that are on the same uh, point. And also just a, a, a quick clarification, um, the email went out and there was some feedback. So it's actually seven days of prayer and fasting food. It's not seven days of fast food. So. <laughs> Some of you said, oh yeah, seven days of fast food, I could probably, I could probably do that actually, you know, this, maybe this whole church thing isn't so bad. Um, so yeah, you can have fast food, but just don't do it seven days consecutively. But this is a powerful time as a church. We do this generally a couple times in a year, and uh, Sister Bassey always reminds us that you can do this any time of the year. It doesn't have to be just in January, but there is a, a biblical spiritual discipline of prayer and fasting that is uh, supernatural. Uh, the scriptures talk about only certain kinds of uh, demons coming out of people through a prayer and fasting season. Now, I'm not saying you all are filled with a bunch of de demons and, you know, this is it. But come on, there is some supernatural breakthrough that happens through a prayer and fasting season. 
Now, this doesn't necessarily mean you're giving up all food and water for seven days. You can if you want. I think Joel's maybe doing that, a water-only fast. Uh, but it's, the idea is you just push something back. That's between you and God. It's between you and the Holy Spirit. You deny yourself uh, the, the physical pleasure of food. And Lord knows how much we can love food. Is anybody with me in the house today that enjoys a good donut? So this is, a, this is a powerful season for me especially. I'm preaching to myself here. Um, but come on, I'm, I'm here today. My family's here today because of what God did through a prayer and fasting season in Love City Church. So if you want to see some breakthrough in your life, if you've been holding on to something, you, forgiveness or, or bitterness or addiction that you're struggling with, this is your time. This is your year. I encourage you to join us. Lean in. If you've never fasted before, give something up in your day for this seven days, and I'll make you a promise. You will experience God like you never have before. This is a good year for this church and in your life and we're so excited to kick it off together. So come on, we're in a, a series called Hope Fully. Okay, you don't understand it, I'll explain it. So basically, most people say like, oh yeah, hopefully this happens, or hopefully that happens. We're saying that, you know, we are hope fully. Okay, you still don't understand it. Let me see if I can explain it a different way. Okay, so we're gonna be full of hope, not just, oh, hopefully this happens, right? We are full of hope. Okay, you're still not getting it. You know what? I don't even understand it anyways. Just come see me after the service. We'll try and figure it out. It's a confusing title. It's been hard for me to really wrap my brain around, but you know, we say hope a lot, don't we? Uh, I hope you get better. I uh, hope the Oilers lose. Can I get an amen? Come on. Thank you, Lord. Uh, <laughs> I hope the flames learn how to not uh, let four or five goals, you know, in, in the last uh, five minutes of the hockey game. We throw around hope a lot. Now, uh, hope, according to the definition in the uh, dictionary, mm -hmm, is a feeling of expectation and desire for a certain thing to happen. Hope is belief that tomorrow is going to be better than today. Now, our key verse for the series is found in Proverbs 13, 12, one of my favorite verses, because I struggle so much, is hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. Now, this heart in the original Hebrew scriptures speaks to our inner man or inner woman. It's the seat of all your emotion, passions, and desires. Now, uh, the scriptures speak to something that has actually been scientifically proven that hope deferred actually does physically and psychologically make the heart, mind, will, and emotions sick. In fact, you're more likely to experience uh, uh, depression and, and sickness stays longer when you're in a season of hopelessness. According to a recent Gallup research report, anxiety, stress, Sadness, depression, and worry among all age groups is the highest it has ever been in history right now. Now, there has been some crazy times in history. To think that this is the most depressing time in the world is saying a lot. Aren't you glad you came to church today? Are you feeling encouraged yet? Or 
I might have the wrong sermon here. Let me try and get something a little more encouraging to start the year. Okay, let's do this one. You see, uh, people uh, reported that they feel less rested and experience less joy than at any other time in history. I've repeated it for some reason. I didn't mean to, but it really sinks in the effect of how sad and stressed out I'm feeling right now. <laughs> there's, a, uh, there's a disparity. There's a discouragement. There's an uh, uh, overwhelming lack of hope in our world today. A Harvard Medical School study found that hope is proven to promote health. Interesting. So hope can actually promote your own physical and psychological well-being. It's stated to say that it enhances your quality of life, it helps you cope, improves your self-esteem and your resilience. The article said that persons reporting higher levels of hope find multiple routes to goals. They view setbacks as challenges and better manage psychological symptoms. So hope is proven to be a pretty good thing. Wouldn't you agree? A little bit of hope there. Okay, we're going to... I'm going to ask you again at the end of the service, and hopefully it's a little <laughs> higher. You see, we're all hoping for something. We want today to be uh, better than tomorrow. Maybe, uh, maybe you're on the other side of the coin. You come in today, and you're like, hope. What do you know about hope? So, oh, jeez. You have some breakfast this morning? It sounds a little, sound a little mean. Sorry, I, that's not how you sound, but... You come in and you're kind of like, yeah, 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 I get it. Hope, that's cute. No, 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 I tried that before. You see, I've been waiting for this thing to happen in my life and it hasn't happened. Your hope has been deferred or delayed. You're experiencing Proverbs 13, 12, where hope deferred and delayed is making your heart sick. And you're waiting for this hope to come to fruition in your life for your life to really begin. When this happens, going to change. Our life's really going to take off. And what happens? Time goes on. That thing we've been waiting for doesn't happen. We get a little discouraged. Then we get a little bit more hope. We think, come on, it's going to happen. And then delay, discouragement, anger, frustration. Does anything come to your mind? Is there something you can place in your mind right now that when I talk about hope, being deferred that you've been hanging on and waiting for. You've been asking God, you've been crying out to God, asking him for this thing. You end up avoiding talking about it altogether because you're just like, I don't wanna get my hopes up. I don't wanna tell you something that I'm praying for. So then after you pray for it, you check in and it's like, oh, it hasn't happened yet. And then we're gonna, we're gonna pray again. And oh, okay. I'd rather just, you know what? I'm just gonna keep it to myself. I'm just gonna, you know what? It's probably never gonna happen. I'm never gonna get that thing. That, that thing isn't coming to fruition in my life. And we get angry. We get angry at God and ourselves and the people around us that love us most. Can I just encourage you today? God still has a plan for your life. His purposes for you are for good, to give you hope and a future. He sees you right where you're at. And he tells you he's coming. Come on. The latter years will be greater than the former. God's going to do something in your life. I don't know if you guys are as excited about it as I am for you. 
as you should be right now, but come on, God is working and moving. That hope deferred that is making the heart sick, God has a promise over your life. Abraham was 75 years when the uh, promise came, so any 75 year olds? (laughs) You know what it's like to wait and be delayed. God sees you where you are. Now, let me ask you a, a tough question. You don't have to answer out loud. It might make it awkward depending on your answer. Does the fulfillment of God's promise in your life look different than the expectation we have for him? Does what I want God to do in my life, does the fulfillment of that look differently than what he actually wants. Okay, that sounds a little confusing, but you know what I'm saying? I have an expectation that God's gonna do this thing in my life, and this is what it's gonna look like. And it's good because it's like based around God. It's a great plan for you, God. Please fulfill said plan. Ready? Go, God. Go, God, go. Hmm, it's not working. You know, we have this, expectation that we place on God. Is God wanting to do something in your life that is different than the plan that you have for your life? Now, this concept of hope is older than time itself. It's been around. The the, the scriptures is actually full of of stories of hope. Uh, uh, The Old and New Testament, and some of the scriptures we're going to be talking about today are are found in uh, uh, this this sacrificial system that was set up before Jesus came to the earth. Now, there was a, a, a promised people, uh, the, these Israelite people, the Jewish people that were, were God's own. And, uh, and God, uh, he promised them through his word, he made a promise that he was gonna bring them a savior, that he was gonna redeem these people, that he was gonna set them on a firm foundation. And for thousands of years, This hope had been deferred. We had waited and waited and waited and waited. And all of a sudden, Jesus shows up. People start getting fish and chips for free out of nowhere. Thousands of people. Now all I can think about is fish and chips and tartar sauce. Lord, help me in this prayer and fasting season. Lord, we just, just move in a mighty way. So, so Jesus shows up on the scene, and this guy, John the Baptist, who's in, who's in jail, uh, for the right reasons, uh, is like, hey, sending a couple of his disciples to go to Jesus. And he says, ask Jesus this. And they come up to Jesus, and they say, hey, Jesus, are you the one we've been expecting? Are you the one we've been waiting for? Are you the one we've been hoping for? Or should we keep looking for someone else. Does that sound familiar at all in your life? Have you ever spent a season where you are seeking and searching God? And you're like, come on, God, where are you? Is, is this you? Is this you? These crazy people lifting up their hands like they're drinking some sort of Kool-Aid? Is that you? Or should I keep searching for something else? Maybe there's something else out there. If I gaze up in the clouds and I... <gasps> No, that's not him. It looked just like him, though. Or we find all these different things to try and fill 
this Messiah that we've been looking for. Jesus' response, which I love, he always has a way to answering the question in such a wonderfully powerful way. When asked if he was the one that they've been waiting for, he's, he's like, bro, look around you. Uh, the, the lame are getting healed. That's pretty cool. The, the blind, yeah, they, they see now. They were blind and now they're seeing. The deaf hear. The dead are being raised to life. You've seen that before? That's pretty cool. Uh, blessed is anyone who doesn't turn away because of me. Jesus is showing them the evidence and the fulfillment of the scriptures of this promise to them in their lives that he was the Messiah. So for thousands of years, the scriptures talked about these miracles that would be fulfilled, that the, the lame would walk and the blind would see. And he's like, duh, it's happening. Yeah, like, of course. And I just wonder in my own life, do we miss that? Do we miss that evidence? You know, here at Love City Church, and I'm thankful for it, we serve Jesus Christ, and there has been evidenced fruit in this church because of the power of God at work. There have been lives changed, transformation take place, healings, marriages restored, hope in hopeless situations. Come on. God is at work, and we see the evidence of it all around us. This is what a personal relationship with Jesus does in your life. It is not dead religion. The Spirit of God is alive and active. The old is gone. The new has begun. And I'm here to tell you today that good times are coming in the name of the Lord Jesus. I'm preaching just a bit better than you're responding this morning. Come on, church. Are you with me today? Come on. Now, here's the truth. <laughs> We've all failed, right? We've all sinned, which is a hard word. I get it. Sin, uh, the definition means to miss the mark, like shooting an arrow, and you're, you're terrible at hitting that mark. We, 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 we aren't very good at it, and we miss the mark. We fall short of the glory of God. Now, uh, leading up to the time of Jesus and even after his uh, death, burial, and resurrection, there was a, an old system uh, an old uh, agreement that God made with the, these people uh, on how there would be this forgiveness of sins, this uh, atonement, basically. And there would be this uh, 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 animal sacrifice that would be, would be required in order for the uh, forgiveness of sins and the, the covering to be upon the people. So we actually have a, a couple of pictures. I had some spare time at work, so I just did a couple of drawings <laughs> to, to give you a... I, 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 this was my first one but I got a bit better, a bit more literal on this one. And I kind of just wanted to show you, like, you know, the uh, a tabernacle here, if this is on Facebook and YouTube. Uh, this, we don't have copyright rights to this. I did not produce these. And there will be a, a small disclaimer that'll show up later on that I did not uh, create this. And to the author, thank you. Can we all give a round of applause for the author? Or what is it called when you paint a picture? Artist, Artist thank you. <laughs> They're, they're, they're going to know for sure I didn't paint these. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, so here's the tabernacle. So the, the, the people of God, they had a bit of a, a rough go for a little while. They're kind of in the, a wilderness season, you might say. They built this temporary tabernacle, right? It's this tent. 
and, and then it later shifted into the, uh, a temple, a permanent structure. Uh, this here is the uh, holy place. So this is like their church kind of, I guess, right? We're not as fancy as we they were back in the day. This right here is that veil that you'll see in that larger picture. And then right behind here is the most holy place. Um, if you've seen uh, Indiana Jones, right? The Ark of the Covenant. They asked the Ark of the Covenant there. It doesn't originally actually come from Indiana Jones, I learned. It's actually from the Bible, which is kind of cool too. Um, so, so this, this temple veil separated God's presence from all the other people. And, and the priests would come and they would, there would be a, a substitutional sacrifice that an animal would die and the sins of the people would basically be symbolized in, 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 in this animal. Because without the uh, shedding of blood, there could be no sacrifice. Now, here is the... Uh, holy place in the temple behind that curtain would be what we see over on that side, the Ark of the Covenant and the most holy place. Uh, once a year, the high priest would go behind this veil into the most holy place. And he would take the blood of the animals that had been slaughtered for the sins of the people. And he would cover everything with blood he would scatter blood all through and even the veil to represent the covering from Jesus that would uh, eventually come. And in their next uh, scripture we'll read in Hebrews 10. This is now years after Jesus had come and this book of Hebrews in the New Testament, the new agreement, the new covenant was written uh, primarily to uh, Jewish Christians so people that were part of God's promise uh, and that when they, they believed that he was the fulfillment of these prophecies, that, that, that Jesus was the savior and they believed in him and they were perhaps tempted to go back now uh, for many reasons to this old way of thinking, to this old life. Uh, there was persecution and all sorts of stuff happening. So they just wondered, okay, should I stay in this or should I go back to the old way of doing things? And it says in the scriptures, and so dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. By his death, Jesus opened a new and life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. And since we have a high Great high priest who rules over God's house, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him. The author is explaining that this, this uh, a temple and the tabernacle were just a copy of what was ultimately in heaven. That Jesus had come as the high priest and as the perfect spotless Lamb, he was the sacrifice, the living sacrifice that allowed us access to God. Now, generally when people went into the presence of God, they were just like collapsed. Or they'd just be like, oh, I'm in the presence of God? Yeah, I'm dead. It wasn't something to take lightly. So when this high priest went into the presence of God, it was only once a year. But they would have to do this sacrifice over and over and over again until Jesus came once and for all. You see, Jesus cancels the old covenant 
and replaces it with the new one. Jesus fulfills the law. Now, what is the presence of God? The, the Bible says that the presence of God is like a purifying fire. You think of how gold gets refined. It's with intense heat and fire up to like 3,000 degrees, but it purifies it. It brings all the impurities to the top where it's a lot easier to remove them. Now, God's, uh, he, he can do more than we can ever ask, think, or imagine. But this, is a, uh, this refinement in God's presence allows us uh, to release things that we've been holding on to. In, in this, in this uh, season of prayer and fasting, these impurities rise to the top within us and we realize, oh God, I can't have this in my life. This is actually a problem. And God's like, yeah, yeah, you probably, you maybe had struggled to see that. Well, guess what? I'm just gonna take that from you. Don't worry about that. I'm gonna take that from you. And we are able to release that in that season. The presence of God will burn impurities from your life. It's so good. We experience it in our worship and our personal prayer time and our groups, relationship you have with others and just being in the presence of God that we now have full access to because Jesus did what no high priest could do. That old system covered sin temporarily. Jesus removes it for all time. You know that, uh, that guilt or condemnation, those thoughts that keep coming up about things that you've done in the past, and you just think, how could I die? What was I thinking? And our own conscience, the Bible says that God's law is written now on our hearts. Even if you're here today and you don't know God, you still know right from wrong. You don't go walk down the street and bless you. Well, you, do, you should do that, but sorry, someone sees and I said, bless you. So you don't, you don't go down the street and say, bless you. You should. Uh, you don't go down the street and hit somebody or kick somebody. That's wrong and a waste of time. You know what's right and wrong. See, God has placed that on our heart. We know now what is right and wrong. So any of that guilt and that shame, Jesus removes it. The Bible says that there is no longer any condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. God gives you a clean and clear conscience through the power and the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. The scriptures say to hold tightly to the hope we affirm, to cling to it, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. That promise that was fulfilled through Jesus Christ is the same promise we have for our lives today. It's the same hope that we can cling to. Just a page later in the next chapter of Hebrews, in chapter 11, it, it talks about this, the, these people who, who, who died with such faith, like Noah and Abraham and Sarah, all these people who put their faith in God. It says that all these people died 
still believing what God had promised them. They did not receive what was promised, but they saw it all from a distance and welcomed it. They agreed that they were foreigners and nomads here on earth. Obviously, people who say such things are looking forward to a country they can call their own. If they had longed for the country they came from, they could have gone back. But they were looking for a better place, a heavenly homeland. That is why God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. These people died believing by faith that there was a better life to come. They were persuaded by the reality of the future that was promised to them that tomorrow was going to be better than today. And they welcomed it. They embraced it. Faith is simply the confidence of what we hope for. It's confident assurance that what we hope for will happen. Faith is the substance of our hope. Without faith, how do we hope? Faith is, I believe even though I haven't seen it yet. I believe it even though the job hasn't come. Even though I'm still in debt. Even though the relationship, the spouse, the child, the, the promise that you made for me, Lord, in my life, even though I haven't seen it yet, God, I believe you are good. And even if I don't have everything that I've been asking for, I have everything I need because I have you, Jesus. What are we hoping for? What is our hope in? Can we say, God, even if it doesn't happen, you're still good. There is no evil in you. Even if I don't get what I've been asking, Father, I believe that there is a fulfillment that will come in due time, in your time. That hope is simply that there is a better life after you die. That's it. God wants to give you abundant life through Jesus Christ today, as long as you're here. We don't, life is like a vis, mist, it's a vapor. It's gone here today, gone tomorrow. God wants to place a, and prepare a heavenly home for you that after we leave this earth, we go to to be forever with Jesus. There's a better life to come, even though we can't see it. God has placed eternity in the human heart. Second Corinthians talks about this hope that we have as eternal beings. We're not just physical beings. And it speaks to this heavenly future and this heavenly home. It says, for instance, we know that when these bodies of ours are taken down like tents and folded it away, they will be replaced by resurrection bodies in heaven. God made, not handmade, and we'll never have to relocate our tents. Sometimes we can hardly wait to move, and so we cry out in frustration. Compared to what's coming, living conditions around here seem like a stopover in an unfurnished shack. And we're tired of it. We've been given a glimpse of the real thing, our true home, our resurrection bodies. The Spirit of God whets our appetite by giving us a taste of what's ahead. 
He puts a little of heaven in our hearts so that we will never settle for less. Have you ever uh, enjoyed just like the perfect day? For me, it's, uh, you know, on the beach, at the lake, swimming on a hot day in the summer. You get a long, drawn out day where you're just hanging out, jumping in the water, eating some good food. All your family and friends are there. And you just feel such peace. You know what I'm talking about? You just look around you and you think, man, oh, this is so good. This is amazing. And you're looking out over the water and the kids are splashing. And you're just like, man, this is so good. Thank you, God. Thank you for today. Just as you're enjoying it and looking out in the water and then all of a sudden, just like a missile, the thought hits you. Oh, I gotta work tomorrow. Shoot. Oh, I gotta meet that Greg guy at 10. Oh, and he is always joking and it's so frustrating because it's not funny. And his breath is terrible and he just invades your personal space. Oh, and I didn't do my shoot I didn't do my laundry I gotta so if I go home now then I'll put my sheets in and, oh, and then I got that new shirt and I feel fat in it and I don't want to wear that one maybe if I do the other load then I can iron these sheets okay and then all of a sudden the whew, this anxiety this stress day's gonna end we gotta pack up soon we gotta leave we gotta move on oh, I get frustrated again I wish this could last forever. This is a, a, a copy, a, a, a taste of what eternity with Jesus Christ is like. The perfect day without any impurity. Face to face with God. Enjoying our heavenly homeland forever in perfect peace. That's our hope. This is just a taste. God has given us a deposit, a down payment through the Holy Spirit, just as we do this morning, to experience the presence of a living God, to know what eternity is going to be like in the presence of a loving, alive, and active God. The best part is, is you don't have to wait. He's here today. You've maybe been delaying yourself. You've been holding off to delay makes the decision harder. It's a decision in itself to continually push back and say, maybe one day. But God wants to come today into your life. He wants to bring hope into your life today. Abundant hope and a future to prosper you. When we stand to our feet as the band just place here and with our last few moments together God is uh, God is so good because of the finished work of Jesus Christ at the cross as he was nailed to the cross and hung there he took 
all the, the judgment that we deserve, that I deserved, he took it upon himself and he died. He satisfied as the pure sacrifice, living sacrifice, pure and blameless once and for all time for everyone that calls upon the name of the Lord, they will be saved. Let me bow our heads and close our eyes here. Come on, if you're coming into this place today and you're like, maybe you've been a part of the church, you've, you've walked with God, but you've walked away and you're just like, I'm not doing this again. Or maybe you've never entered into a life-giving relationship with Jesus Christ. He says to let the little ones come to him. He wants us to become like little children. Today we have the opportunity. I wanna extend the invitation with every head bowed and eyes closed today. I'm not gonna pull you forward or, or call you out or if you're watching online, if you just say, that's me today. I haven't made the decision to commit my life to Christ. I recognize I've been trying to do this on my own. I've been hoping for something in the here and the now that I can see that I want and that I desire. But I believe God is calling me on to a future heavenly homeland that I'm gonna make a decision today to believe by faith, even though I don't see it, that I believe I will spend an eternity with Jesus Christ in heaven. With every head bowed, I'm not gonna call you out or pull you forward. I just wanna know who I'm praying for today. If that's you today, just shoot your hand up and wave at me. Just say, yeah, I wanna, I wanna enter into a relationship with Jesus. I just wanna enter a relationship with Jesus today. Amen. Amen. Come on, there is a, the Bible says that if you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart, you're saved. You are saved because of the finished work of Jesus Christ. Church, let's pray together. Come on, repeat after me together. Lord God, we thank you for today. God, we recognize our need for you. Lord Jesus, I ask that you would come into my life. I receive your Holy Spirit. I recognize I'm a lost sinner. And I need you, Jesus. Jesus, I give you my life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come on. God is, God is up to something in your life. This is the start of a new year. The promises are for good. Believe in the hope. Place your hope in a better life with Jesus forever. We have such a great God. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I just pray for every person here, God. You see every heart. You know every situation. You know every discouragement, delay, God, everything we've been hoping for, God. I just pray right now, Father, that you would comfort them. God, you're so holy. You're so good. We stand in awe of you, God. I just pray your presence would come fresh upon them like never before, God. That they would seek you in their homes, God. They would open the word of God over their children and over their spouses, with their friends, God, in their relationships. That they would be open to what God wants to speak to them and the promises that he has for them, Lord. 
Let us not grow weary, God. Strengthen and encourage us today, Father. Bless them as we go, God. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Come on, it's so great to have you with us today. Um, if, you, if you've been hoping for something and you continue to ask God and pray for it, I just want to invite you up to the front. We've got a few people we're going to hang out. If you want to go, you're dismissed. We just want to pray with you. If you raised your hand today, you can hang out at the front too. We're just going to pray with you real quick, get you a Bible. Uh, but we are so excited for what God's doing in your life. We thank you for joining us today at Love City Church. Love you guys all very much. We'll see you on Wednesday night. If you want to come, prayer and pursue night starts at 6 o'clock. Or we'll see you next Sunday for another encouraging message. Hopefully. Hopefully we'll see you. I hope we'll see you. I hope you have a great day. I hope the Flames win. I hope football's great for you. I hope you have to make salad sandwiches. God bless you. You can go. Have a great day, everyone.